0: Hey, welcome to the Women and ADHD Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Weber. I received another review on Apple Podcasts that I'd like to read out. This one is from Up The Amps. It says, uh, the title is, Sense of Togetherness. I am so enjoying listening to Katie's podcasts and feeling this wonderful sense of belonging. It's incredible how much I feel in common with others who are on this same journey as me. I can't wait for more. Thank you, Up The Amps. And yes, I also feel such a wonderful sense of belonging within this community. And I'm so glad that this is coming through and that these interviews are offering the same to you. And as I mentioned before, I really appreciate the feedback because, as you probably know, ADHD gives that combination of a desperate need for approval and a desperate need to please others And so this podcast is such a labor of love for me right now. And I really enjoy hearing from you out there. It really, really means the world to me. So keep them coming and thank you. Okay. In this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Ada Sewell. Ada is a life coach who works with creatives and entrepreneurs in busting the myth that the struggle is real and she helps them change their mindset in order to lean into what challenges them. Ada was diagnosed a few years ago at the age of 26 after a close friend of hers who has ADHD was talking about her own experiences and Ada thought, hmm, this is really relatable. (laughs) Ada talks about her intense emotions as a child and her sensitivity to criticism and how quick she was to anger, And the strategies that she uses now in adulthood after her diagnosis and now that she understands her own ADHD better. We also talk a lot about imposter syndrome among creatives and artists and coaches too. And how to deal with that crippling fear of failure that can keep us from achieving our highest potential. I just want to put out a disclaimer. Ada and I do talk for a bit about the various medications we've tried over the years and their effects. So I just want to remind you that neither of us is a medical professional. We're just discussing our personal experiences. We are in no way offering any advice, and it should go without saying that you should consult your own doctor when it comes to the right medication for you. That said, this is a lovely conversation, and I had such a great time talking with Ada, so enjoy. So before we get started, um, yes, I have a lot of questions about your coaching and what you're working on, because it sounds amazing, and I'm I've already in just a little bit of research I've been doing um, for this interview, I'm I'm I've just already fallen in love, so I'm already super fanning, oh, but
1: uh, thank you. <laughs> um,
0: but first of all, let's talk about your ADHD diagnosis. Yes. Uh, first of all, like what first led you to think you might have it, and what led up to your diagnosis, and when was that?
1: Yeah, so I was diagnosed as an adult, I was 26 years old, I believe, and um. It came to mind because one of my really good friends has ADHD and it was something that up until then I'd heard a little bit about but I never, you know, really thought that it would ever apply to me. And seeing how much I had in common with that ADHD friend and then just like talking to her more about it just got me curious and I think like a lot of people who find out later in life I started the research and fell down a research rabbit hole and like left and right. It was just like, Oh, well that explains that. Oh, that would explain that. So um, I think the final thing that actually led me to seek diagnosis was I was actually working at a psychiatrist's office and we specialized in seeing patients with ADHD. And after a while, I'm, I just decided to ask the doctor I worked under like, Hey, do you have any recommendations for any other doctors that might be able to see me? Because, you know, the more I do this, the more I I'm thinking that it might be something I should look into. And then from there, you know, I found a doctor, got a diagnosis and started my treatment plan. And yeah, that's been three years and yeah, it's been history since then. It's an amazing, you know, it's funny. I think the
0: difference between people who see ADHD, Um, memes or, you know, Mm -hmm. people who who talk about ADHD, there's such a difference between people who are like, haha, I relate to that. And then people who are like, oh, my God, I feel (laughs) seen for the first
1: time in my life. Exactly. It's like, oh, I thought that was just a thing that everyone did. But that's like an that's an ADHD thing. Oh, good to know. No one ever told me.
0: But I, I often like, I'm starting to think the more I'm interviewing other women and the more I'm seeing this pattern of like, if you feel this overwhelming <laughs> rush of, yes. of recognition and validation, that's probably a good tip that you have ADHD <laughs> because it's one thing yes. we all have in common, which is this just urgency uh, and and sense of, oh my God, for the first time in my life, I feel understood. Yeah, as opposed to like,
1: haha, relatable, hashtag relatable. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think so many of us go, you know, especially when we don't get diagnosed until adulthood, we go so long just wondering like, am I just like this? Is just, is this just like how I am? Am I just stuck this way? So when you start getting those little bits of clarity, it's like, it's like nectar. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been thirsting for this. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Right. And I
0: think even just like you had said in in our earlier correspondence, like just having a name for all yes. the things I thought were just weird, I think is so important. It's I, I liken it to like having a foot of water in your house and walking around and just being like, Why is there a foot of water in my house? What is <laughs> happening? And then one person just says, Oh, well, it's because your faucet is on. And oh like gosh. even if you, even if you can't get to the faucet yet, just knowing why there's a foot of water in your house changes everything.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that analogy too. That's so right. Yeah. It's like, you just learn to live with this thing and you're like, well, I don't know why it's here, but I guess this is how it is. And yeah, just having that, that source to like identify it. It's like you said, it's everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, having meeting now meeting so many other women who are especially coaches and entrepreneurs who, who Mm. understand like why it is so important for us to have our have understanding and have our hands held in a way that they haven't mm-hmm. been before is so important to us. And so I'm just I love talking, especially to women who are coaches who yeah. work with the ADHD brain and, and understand it and get it. And 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 yet it's funny, especially in the Facebook group, to see how much we struggle with imposter syndrome. <laughs> when we are the best people to be doing this. Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) So what do you think, um, when you look back at your life, uh, what are some things that you think growing up where you look back now and you think, Oh, of course that was ADHD. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think the biggest thing was probably the emotional regulation and the difficulty around that. um, I always had very intense moods as a child. I was very quick to getting angry and frustrated and sad, very sensitive to criticism. Like I know a lot of women have said um, on this podcast and just in general, it was really hard for me to hear anything critical without making it mean that like I was bad and that I was, you know, messing up or letting someone down. So a lot of those people pleaser tendencies. And um, probably the biggest thing is just like looking back at my, my history with school. Like I remember so many days, like bless my parents, they're such patient people. But I remember so many days just like sitting at the kitchen table, sitting over my math homework and just sobbing, just weeping because you know, I know it, I knew it needed to get done, but I just, it was just so hard for me. And I couldn't explain why I just couldn't explain why just sitting there to fill in some problems felt painful in a way and just like a miserable experience. But at the same time, I had really good grades in school because I I think I didn't have to try very hard. I think I could sort of like, and that was sort of, um, more of a benefit, I guess, was, I just loved learning. So I could take in information and just retain it pretty easily. So I guess I got kind of bored having to work with it later, do homework and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I had a very low tolerance for boredom and discomfort. And yeah, all of those all of those fun things we need as kids to guide us and give us direction. So yeah, that was probably the biggest sign is just not really having a lot of control over that realm of my life.
0: I had a similar experience in that I was told old, over and over and over again, does not perform up to her potential. Oh my god! And gosh. I really, really yeah. struck, right? I mean, I think <laughs> that's common with a lot of us that, you know, one thing I struggled with so much was feeling like other people saw my potential and saw that I wasn't performing up to it. And yet I had no idea what that was. I had no idea what that potential was. And I had no idea how to get there. And I felt like nobody was helping me. They were just criticizing
1: me. Yeah. (laughs) Did you hear the term like, you just have to apply yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you ever tell a seven year old to like apply themselves, they don't know what you're talking about. I had another woman I was
0: interviewing who who said it so perfectly, which is, I love learning. I just hated school. And I'm like, Yes. yes.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is exactly it. Yeah, like the information and like getting cool stuff, you know, in your head is really fun, but having to sit there and repeat it back and yeah.
0: Yeah, we are obsessive learners. We are we are obsessive lifelong learners. I think that's also a good mm-hmm. um clue. You know, if you feel like, why is it that I can be so interested in certain topics and yet perform poorly on tests, you know, that should be tip off.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's so baffling for the adults in our life when we're younger too, because they they see that and they're like, but you're, you're really smart. I know you're smart. Like my parents would take me to the mall. We go to the bookstore and I would like get a book and finish it before we went home. So it's like, you clearly love learning. You like information and stuff, but why isn't it translating to school? And it's like, I don't know, guys, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that confusion of like, I would, <laughs> I have no clue. Exactly. Like no one wants to tell me more than, no one wants to tell you more than me, but I have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Um, so when you were talking about emotional regulation, I'm curious. Now, this episode is going to air uh, in 2021 because we're almost at the end of 2020, nice. which oh, that's has crazy. been a shit show.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. It's, so been, it's been a doozy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're all going to be glad it's over. But how do you feel like your awareness of your ADHD has helped you get through 2020 in terms of emotional regulation? Because I was I was diagnosed... Only a few months ago. So I spent oh, okay. like a portion of this pandemic, not real, you know, in, in basically in implosion mode, which I'm grateful for now in retrospect, because I sought the diagnosis and took it seriously. And now I'm, and now everything has sort of been revealed to me and yes. I pulled back the curtain and I'm feeling so much better about my own emotional regulation this year, because oh, it's awesome. hard. Like... Oh yes! Like this year has been terrible, yeah, and so emotional, and so I'm curious, as the, you know how to, how has your awareness of your emotional regulation or emotional dysregulation helped you this year? Yeah, it's, and it's that's okay. a big question. So I, I feel like <laughs> I don't okay. know.
1: Sometimes I'm like I don't even know where you're going to enter with that one. Right? But- no, I love big questions. I've got plenty of room to explore, so that's great. <laughs> But yeah, I would say it's funny, because I think 2020 has definitely, like you said, it's brought up a lot of emotion in people. And since so many of us have had to sit at home, and we can't, you know, do our normal, like, oh, I don't feel good, I'm going to go out with my friends, or I'm going to go and do this, like, that's not as easy to do. So we have to like, sit with those emotions now. So I think... ADHD has been helpful in that sense because I've I've already had to get used to like really facing my emotions, or else they will absolutely steamroll me. <laughs> That's something I've been learning is to just really when these like intense moods come up, like it used to be that if out of nowhere, like there was a flash of like anger or sadness or something. I would kind of freak out. I'm like, oh no, I'm in a bad mood. This feels terrible. I've got to fix it and, you know, ensue panicking and freaking out and all of that fun stuff. But now I think I've realized I'm like, okay, well, I'm always going to have this ADHD brain. I'm always going to have these intense emotions. I think the best thing for me to do is just learn how to handle them and to sort of move with them it's kind of like if I'm in a turbulent ocean of like all of these feelings, it's like, do I want to struggle against the waves for my whole life? Or like, do I want to learn how to surf? Mm. So, yeah. Oh, I like that. Killing it with the water, with the water analogy today. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. So 2020 has been like the year of surfing basically. It's like, yeah, let's learn how to like move with this because like the emotional intensity is not going anywhere. I'm like, it's been almost 30 years. And, you know, these patterns haven't really changed. But what we are able to change is just how we react to that. So yeah, for me, learning how to just really embrace that this year has been the difference between like melting down every day and like actually feeling pretty good in 2020, surprisingly enough. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think that's, it's interesting now as it comes to a close, I think, I hope a lot of people are kind of feeling a sense of gratitude for
1: Mm -hmm. what this
0: year has brought. Um, and some of the changes, you know, there's still such a far way to go, but at least we're seeing a light at the end in some form, you know, and feel like, you know, thinking about my family and my kids and new year's coming up and thinking about you know, really sitting down and and looking at ways in which we have changed as individuals and as a society and, and ways in which we can find gratitude in this year.
1: Yeah, gratitude is really huge. And, you know, it's like one of those things where a lot of people are like, Oh, that's just, you know, self help, like, positive affirmations, just be grateful, blah, blah, blah. But it really does help a lot to just you know, look at what you do have instead of what you don't, because, you know, our brains are just naturally wired to focus on what we don't have, you know, that keeps us safe. But when you can just switch it and also see what you do have, and just give yourself a second to appreciate that it, re- it really does make a big difference. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I hope more people have been able to tap into that a little bit, because I know it's hard. But when you can challenge yourself to do that, it really can like open up a lot. So I'm glad you brought that up. Gratitude is good stuff. <laughs> so I'm curious, have you ever taken medication for ADHD? Yeah, I um, I take medication now after like a year off of it. I started back again like a month or so ago. So yeah, that's been a new adjustment again. <laughs> oh, okay. And w- yeah. what are you on yeah. What are you on? What are you on? You know, just take that out of context. <laughs> um yeah, I take Adderall. So I take Adderall instant release. I take um 20 milligrams twice a day.
0: Okay. And so how are you finding it's helping you? Or, or are you still kind of in the exploratory mode?
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. It definitely helps with um sort of quieting things down, it it kind of seems like you get to turn down the dial on the radio a little bit, so to speak. And it, um it helps me to sort of tolerate those things that require a little more like sitting and focusing power. Um, there are definitely some adjustments, especially like in the realm of appetite, and like the physical symptoms. That's, probably been the biggest adjustment for me is making sure that I get enough to eat and just reminding myself that, okay, this is a stimulant. Like it calms me down, but physically it's going to like ramp up my nervous system a little bit. So like just trying to remind myself of that. So I'm not like wondering why I'm feeling maybe a bit anxious or a bit like riled up. It's like, okay, it's just medication. Nothing's wrong. Just relax. (laughs) So, yeah, it's been a bit of an adjustment, but I would say overall it's helpful, and I I want to keep trying it. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know about other brands of medication. Um, Adderall's sort of the most affordable thing right now, so that's what I've been on. But, yeah. Do you take any medication at all, or...?
0: When I first got my diagnosis and sort of had the consult, uh, the psych consult, the doctor recommended Vivance.
1: Yeah. And
0: I was, I had, you know, so I think for so much of my life, my ADHD was diagnosed as depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I had my kids. So I had, you know, what I had, uh, I, I went on antidepressants for, what I thought was postpartum depression. I, I still think it is postpartum depression, but yeah. now I'm kind of looking at it all and thinking like, wow, there's so many other elements that were at work there that I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, t- I went on when my son was about eight months old and he's now almost 10. And so in January of 2020, I decided I was going to try to wean myself off of the antidepressants mm-hmm. and, and see how I did because I had this, I still can't even really explain it, this weird like stubbornness of like, I want to know who I am authentically. And I am not, like, I can't even explain it. I don't even necessarily endorse that because Mm -hmm. I am very pro-medication. Like I am not anti-medication at all, but I think I just had some like life experiences that I just felt sort of like, how would, which, what is me, what is the medication? And I think that's common. Yeah. That's super understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so in January of 2020, when I, like everyone else was like, yeah, this is my year. (laughs) We were so naive. Oh, we had no idea. (laughs) Um, I decided I was going to go off the medication. And so I really kind of, and I haven't felt like I needed to go back on antidepressants necessarily, but I do sort of feel like now that I have this understanding about ADHD, And what these symptoms are in terms of like my executive function and my, and my inability to focus and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all of these things that I sort of feel like, okay, now I really want to tweak and, and play with, um, ADHD medication. Yeah. Um, But I know my therapist is like, but you tried for so long to get yourself off medication. I'm curious as to why you want to go back on it. And, Mm. and it makes perfect sense to me. Um, but so, so, right. And, um, yeah. because it just sort of feels like two
1: different kinds of medication. Yeah. I had a similar thing. Cause, um, my first round of, uh, being medicated, I was also taking, um, an antidepressant slash, um, it was for mild depression and generalized anxiety. Um, just an SSRI and, yeah, I I was not eager to go back on that one because they do feel like two different um kinds of medication to me, like the antidepressant definitely feels like a longer term thing that more so um I yeah, it like it really affects those chemicals like over the long term versus like ADHD which just sort of helps you to like you know, get that dopamine when it's important that you have it. Um, Yes. Yeah. Versus like, this is something that you need to change like more permanently over time, which, yeah, when it came to that, and I'm all for medication, you know, for whatever you need. For me, though, I felt that I was comfortable enough with like regulating the emotional stuff sort of on my own. But like you said, with executive functioning, that's kind of a different thing where it's like, well, as much as I want to will my brain into making the right chemicals, it doesn't seem like it's happening. So (laughs) let's let's
0: call in some help for that one. Right. Exactly. And so. I've been asking every single woman I interview, you know, what has your experience been? Because I had, you know, I've heard so many women say it's been life-changing and it's been so helpful, but I'm like, but how? You know, like what is it? Yeah. I need to really be able to figure out for myself what do I need, first of all? And and how do I feel like this is gonna help me? So I've basically, you know, I've asked, I've been interviewing women, and even when my doctor prescribed Vibe, she was like, I, I said, you know, I'm going to need some time to think about it and do some research. And she was like, I have a feeling you can't not try it. <laughs> and I was like, I know, you know, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's sure enough, I've called in the, I've called in the prescription and, and I'm now just waiting for it. So I'm going right to try on. it. Um,
1: yeah. That curiosity gets you.
0: <laughs> right. And I feel like there's so many different types. And mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, it's less about my own sense of kind of Desperation mm-hmm. and more, just sort of tweaking for optimal performance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you said, with an SSRI, that is—I mean, it is serious to get off to wean off of that. Yes. You can't just like stop taking it like no, like a yeah. vitamin
1: Your brain will act absolutely rebel against you if you do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so it does feel like with a lot of the medication, you'd sort of take it more casually or just sort of on an as-needed project-by-project basis. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I shouldn't be thinking about it that way. But I, I, I'm very curious, and I am going to try it, and, and I'm yeah. desperately
1: asking everybody else what their experiences <laughs> are, because that's how I figure things out. Nope, I totally understand. And yeah, hopefully it works out well for you, because... um. Yeah, I would say overall, it's, it's been a good thing for me. Probably the most significant thing is like, it just lowers that sort of, you know, when you have something that you know, that you want to do, or kind of need to do, but you're just like, Ugh, I just don't want to start it. I just don't. I feel like for me, medication just sort of lowers that little like, area of resistance. And it's, it's so much easier for me to just go like, okay, Well, this is what I need to do. Let's just, let's just get it started. It Mm kind of takes the hemming and hawing hawing out of it for me. So that, that is very huge.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I think that's what I'm looking for. I think the two things I struggled the most with is getting over that hump, uh, Mm -hmm. the hemming and hawing hump. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> the triple H. <laughs>
0: All right. And then also staying on task, like sort of, you know, I feel like I need blinders to stay on task yes. because I have that tendency to sit down at my computer and then immediately get distracted by a notification yep. or a ding or something Ooh, else. shiny. Yes. Right, <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like, if there was only something that could just really help me. Uh, and it sounds to me like the Adderall Vyvanse stimulants is, are, are doing that for women. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's your experience. Probably follow up and see how that's working out for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> Some nosy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's talk about your podcast. It's called Mindset Rebellion. Yeah. And you've been doing it for f- a few months now. How's that going?
1: It's, it's going well. I've actually taken a little bit of a break from it because I'm focusing a little more just on like connecting with people face-to-face in my business. And I'm figuring out, you know, the direction I want to take with it. But so it's been on a bit of a hiatus, but it's still something that I'm really excited to do. And um, basically, it's all about, yeah, ways to start rewiring your brain by changing your thoughts, which sounds very simple. And it is very simple. But yeah. Um, I find that we we haven't really been taught how to just like coach ourselves as humans. We haven't really been taught how to just get ourselves through, you know, day to day situations, feeling calm and confident about it, especially, you know, us ADHD brained people. So I wanted to start that just to give a resource to Start feeling more in control of your brain again and to just have a better idea of how it works. So, yeah, you can start getting it to work for you rather than against you, like so many of us are used to. I love that. And I think that there are certain things
0: I know, you know, for instance, I work in in anti diet coaching. And Mm -hmm. so I think that is a huge mindset rebellion for women. Uh, You know, once you kind of, I, I often liken it to taking the red pill in the matrix. I mean, once (laughs) you sort of see people who are living and not trying to constantly be smaller Mm -hmm. and still love themselves and are still healthy that you, you know, not only does it feel like you can't unsee it, Mm -hmm. um, but, but the importance of surrounding yourself with that message and surrounding yourself in order to kind of steer that ship because steering that ship is not something you're just going to be able to flip around. Exactly. So I think, I think about like how important it is to change your social media feed Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, lean into that, that natural desire to learn and to get as much information as possible. And I love the things you talk about in terms of like indecision, you know, Mm -hmm. and feeling because I think so often indecision and that feeling of imposter syndrome, overlap when it comes to like I don't know enough yet to make this decision and so we get trapped in that feeling of like well I just need to learn more I just need to learn more and kind of when do you when do you just take that step and say I've learned enough
1: exactly
0: um and how much more do you need to kind of immerse yourself to have that mindset shift
1: Yeah, yeah, because I find that whenever your brain is telling you, you know, you don't have enough yet, like you don't know enough, you don't have enough experience, haven't done enough research. Whenever my brain gives me like that statement, I always like I've gotten into the habit of asking, okay, well, how will I know when it's enough? Mm. And magically, my brain never has an answer for that. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, so you were just planning on telling me it was not enough and it was never going to be enough, but we don't even have an idea of what enough would actually be. So, yeah, it's sometimes you just have to decide that whatever it is is enough because usually it is. Usually you already have plenty to at least like take the next step. But when we, you know, I think a lot of us with ADHD we have a hard time just seeing what's right in front of us and we try to see the entire picture. So Mm. when we think like, Oh, I don't know enough. It's like, okay, maybe you don't know enough to like make the whole thing happen like in a week, but you know, enough to like do the next part of it, you know? And it's so easy to forget that though. We're, we're so impatient, too. I mean, oh I think that's gosh. another issue, which is,
0: like you said, like, if once I start something, I have to be expert level in 24 yes. hours. Otherwise, I'm going to give up.
1: Or else it's an, a massive waste of time,
0: right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. And so I think we, rec- you know, we have that impatience. We also require positive feedback, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you don't always get <laughs> immediately. Um, exactly. and And I love what you said about, like, seeing needing to see that big picture like the but how how yes. like even like I was talking about medication you know or just mm-hmm. like I think we're such puzzle solvers that's
1: a good way to put it yeah it's just like and I think part of it might also be like a bit of a safety thing like we want to have that reassurance that it's going to work out and that it's not just going to be another thing that like we try and then ultimately like quote unquote fail at and have to like face the disappointment that comes with that. So yeah, I think it's a really complex thing. Yeah. Where it's, there's all of these like sort of fears and anticipations like tangled up together that, yeah, it makes it really hard to just take little steps.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's, it's true. Like we do spend so much of our lives into adulthood pre-diagnosis just throwing things against the wall I mean I think Mm -hmm. that's really kind of our our natural state
1: (laughs) yep (laughs) and hoping they stick
0: right and so it it makes sense why we would desperately be looking for that but but how like or you know desperately looking for not only our personal validation in terms of who we are but then looking for validation in other elements of like success and, and business and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Is, is it all worth it? Any other parents out there who have struggled to instill good financial habits into their kids? I know I have. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Go Henry by Acorns, the smart debit card and app for kids six through 18. With Go Henry, kids can learn about money, set spending and saving goals, and even track chores and earn allowance money right within the app. They learn the value of money by using their GoHenry debit cards, while we as parents can set spend limits and help guide their journey, while staying informed every step of the way. It gives me so much peace of mind to know that I'm using a smart tool to proactively teach my kids about money and prepare them for future success. Set your kids up for success and get started today at GoHenry.com WomenADHD. Again, that's GoHenry.com WomenADHD. TNCs apply. Renews from $4.99 per month unless canceled. So now you like like to work with creatives. I do. And what do you feel like, how do creatives specifically struggle the most in their
1: business? What do you find they
0: struggle with the most?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just... um, we tend to tangle up you know, our own identity with our work and separating that is really, really hard for a lot of people. So it makes it really hard to just put yourself out there, right? Like when you've got this, this project, let's say maybe it's an album or a book or something like that that you've spent all of this time working on and it means so much to you and there's so much of you in it, And the idea of putting it out there for the cruel world to see and pick apart and judge, it's really excruciating for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't even really think that they can really follow through on those big dreams because they already think like, I couldn't even handle like all of the criticism that would come with that you know, because, you know, especially like a lot of people who identify with rejection sensitive dysphoria um, and have a hard time just hearing anything that isn't positive or anything that seems kind of harsh. I feel like that's the biggest creative battle as far as like, you know, getting a business off the ground goes. And then there's the usual stuff like, how do i even get this started how do i schedule myself how do i actually like get things done so i'm not just staying stuck for months at a time so yeah it's a it's a lot of little things that pile up with each other with creatives
0: and i think also struggling with the fact that our self-worth can be our self-worth is tied to income Mm -hmm. and that can really, I think there's a lot of ways in which you struggle with that idea because money is not necessarily of worth to you.
1: Right. But at
0: the same time, also feeling like you deserve to be paid.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And
0: and so I think, you know, when you, when you talk about self-doubt and imposter syndrome, I certainly struggle with that. I don't even really consider myself a creative in terms of like artistic. uh, You know, my, what I do is not necessarily artistic, but I think, you know, I struggle so much with, with how much should I be charging and what is my, Mm -hmm. you know, my self-worth is so tied to my income, whether I like it or not. And it really affects my decision-making. And so I think if I was, and that's just for coaching, I couldn't even imagine Mm. The extra level of self-doubt involved when you are actually creating um, a a work of art.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that... Coaching kind of is a work of art, though. I think you are a bit of an artist. <laughs> I think you're an I was an waiting artist. for that. I was,
0: yeah. I was waiting I, for that. <laughs> I was like, there I go. I'm like self-deprecating. It's com- I'm hearing it
1: coming out of my mouth. It's okay. It's And it's so easy to do. Yeah, your medium yeah. is like human thoughts and emotions. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it is, it is hard to like detach your self-worth from that dollar amount because... First of all, like so many of us that like want to help in some way, it's like, I would do it for free if I could, but you know, that's not going to work. So, but, well, yeah. and I think, I think society in general
0: is set up to exploit that mentality. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Tiffany Haddish syndrome, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, we are set up in such a way that, that, that mentality is people grab at that immediately and take advantage of that.
1: Yeah. And yeah, there's like this sort of like guilt trip in the air where it's like, oh, well, why would you charge money for something that, you know, comes from your soul or that's supposed to help people? But yeah, and as far as like the self-worth part of it goes, I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's important to just be really honest with yourself about like what's actually going on because... I think we sort of tell ourselves like this story that money means all of this stuff and that it's an indicator of how much we're worth as people and all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, none of that is true. Like as far as humanity goes, we're all worth exactly the same thing. You know, we all have inherent worth and yeah, for me it helps a lot to just remind myself that money is just a physical symbol of value and that it doesn't really mean anything about me as a person it's just it's just the value of my work which is a separate thing for me and that's a lesson that I'm still trying to like really internalize and really learn but you know hopefully that that helps someone just maybe struggling with something like that just to remember that it's it's just money like it's important it's helpful in the world but it doesn't mean anything about you. Like there's no way to like judge your worth with dollars as far as your worth as a human on earth goes. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that also ties into, oh shoot. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I kind of rambled through that one. No, no, no. It's fine. And I I really try hard not to interrupt. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) If you want to interrupt also, I totally don't mind. No, but I should, I, what I should be doing is like, I'm sitting at my computer, so I should be taking mm-hmm. notes when I have a thought <laughs> so I could come back to it because that's what I always really, you know, feel like it would be important, but then I feel like I'm not listening. I get and, the same way. Yeah. I feel. I yeah. Know, but it's so funny moment? because I have these moments in the podcast where, you know, ADHD happens and then yep. I feel like I should, you know, if you lose your train of thought, that's part of our life. So I should leave that in. You know, like I've exactly. heard me is like, oh, I need to edit those out. I'm like, no, no, leave those in.
1: <laughs> I always <sighs> do the same thing. I'm like, when I'm tempted to edit something out, I'm like, you know what? Someone is going to really relate to this part and appreciate it. So let's just leave it in. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, maybe it'll come back to me. I think it was, a. I think it was when you were talking about um, inherent self-worth and yeah. it, it was just reminding me of sort of what we were talking about in terms of growing up and feeling like there was something mm. that we, there was something we weren't doing, you know, that we needed to yeah. somehow change in order to find our true selves, that we weren't in a state of self-acceptance. From early yeah. on, you know, and I think that if that had been, if we had grown up in a state of self-acceptance, I think that would have really uh, positively affected yes. <laughs> how we look at certain situations, you know, but I think when you have ADHD and you, and you felt like you've been misunderstood, especially in your formative years, there's that sense that like, I'm doing it wrong, even though mm-hmm. I don't know what right is and how yeah. that affects your decision making in so many ways.
1: It is so real. Yeah. Ah, So much to unpack. (laughs) So much. Yeah. And just like, yeah, that sense of like, oh, I have to like earn my worth. Like I have to do things in order to be worthy. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. It, that's how we've been sort of programmed to think, but that's not how it actually works. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some
0: things that you uh, love the most about ADHD, especially when it comes to
1: your your business? How has it helped you? Yeah, I, I love how much I just love to learn. Um, It's so much fun for me to like, do research on my clients and to just listen to them and just open up space for them. And like, I love that my job is to just like, sit and like, listen to a person and like, kind of keep track of like, the questions that pop up in my head and asking them those things. And cause I think, I think with ADHD, my brain kind of goes to like some wild places. <laughs> so I feel like my job as a coach is to see really amazing high possibilities for people. So when I look at someone who doesn't believe that they could run a successful business, I just get to look at them and use my imagination to like form this picture of like, no, I totally see you running a business and it's even bigger than you think it could be right now. And you're doing all of these cool things. And actually have you thought about doing this as well? And just like getting to come up with fun possibilities for people and being really excited about that and getting to share that excitement and get my clients excited about it. Yeah. I think that's that's probably the best part for me is that I get to use my imagination in such a tangibly effective way because I literally didn't think that this was like a career possibility even like five years ago. So yeah, being able to apply it in that way is just, it's so much fun.
0: And like you said, when your brain goes to some strange places. I think that is a hundred percent ADHD in terms of yes. make, making connections when other people might mm-hmm. not see them. And it's why we jump from topic to topic in, like, <laughs> yes. in mid conversation. And people are like, what, what does that exactly. have to do with my dog? And you're like, Oh no, don't you see?
1: <laughs> right. It's like, I'm sorry. I like made all of these other leaps like in my head in the past five seconds. And here I am are you still back there?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I I, I definitely see that as a superpower for sure. As long as the other person could kind of trace your steps and keep up.
1: Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I highly encourage anyone with ADHD to hone in on what they love the most from their diagnosis and to just see how you can work that into your everyday and like the things that require a lot of a lot of drive and a lot of time and like consistency just being able to tap into like that natural gift and finding a way to like let it propel you forward it makes a very big difference so
0: just in terms of a timeline you were diagnosed 3 years ago so you've shifted your coaching to work with ADHD women since your diagnosis correct or or did you start coaching as a somebody with ADHD
1: Yeah, I actually did start as someone with ADHD. That wasn't always my niche. And um, yeah, deciding to focus more on ADHD people was a pretty recent decision just because, you know, it's what I know. And I wish I had had a coach (laughs) at so many points. So yeah, be the change you want to (laughs) see. Yeah, that has helped me immensely.
0: And just in terms of realizing how, I mean, I always loved coaching and it was something I did and yeah. it's something I saw value in, but I always spent so much time fearing that nobody else saw value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think now I've been able to see with much more clarity how important coaching is for so many different types of people and and why it's so important to me. And I think that's really helped me in my own business and how I relate to clients. And I've been very curious. Like I want to sort of pivot toward women with ADHD, but I also mm. feel like I'm already serving women with ADHD because if they're finding me interesting and if they're listening and relating to <laughs> me, yes, then they see, they just don't realize they have ADHD.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of people I want to go back and call them and be like, Hey, so
1: you should probably
0: say, <laughs> this test right Uh, (laughs) um so i'm sort of at this and that's kind of why i've taken this side route with this with this podcast i'm just this is my hyper focus right now and i'm like so fascinated with everybody but i'm really thinking like do i want to specifically work with people who know that they have adhd Mm. or do i want to continue working with people who probably have it don't have any idea and we'll deal with that later (laughs) yeah I think it would be great to work with, uh, anyway, I think, sorry, I just meant like, I think it would be great to work with women who already have that, like, they have their glasses are on, you know what I mean? They've
1: taken the red pill. (laughs) Yes, they're all, they're all doctored in already. But yeah, (laughs) no, I feel it. It's like, it's hard to like, decide if, because I kind of had a similar thing where I'm like, do I want to say ADHD? Or do I just want to like, assume that my ADHD will just call in? those people anyway but yeah I think there is something to like really letting those people know like I'm here for you like it's not a requirement for you to have ADHD to work with me but you know if you do have it you're you're gonna resonate with someone that has ADHD probably anyway so
0: yeah I know do you ever listen to Tracy otsuka's podcast the I actually
1: Um, haven't listened to her podcast yet. I'm in her Facebook group.
0: Oh, it's great. I mean, she, she was the first podcast I listened to as soon as I was diagnosed, I typed women and ADHD into Apple podcasts and she came up, which is why I called my podcast women and ADHD. (laughs) Um, make
1: it easy for us. Yes, Right.
0: Um, so, but one thing I love that she always says is, you know, if we're friends, you probably also have ADHD because we yes. find each other interesting.
1: And- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got those moments where you relate on like those little weird, quirky ADHD things and you're like, oh my God, no one ever like understands me when I bring this up. So yeah, it's easy to bond over those those little things that you thought made you weird. <laughs> uh, so
0: when you were researching your own ADHD, uh, what were some of your favorite resources? Were you uh, did you listen to books or read books or
1: podcasts or? Yeah, I was actually a big Redditor back when I was <laughs> first doing my ADHD re- research because um, I really value just like people talking about that kind of stuff in a really conversational way. Um, I don't think I was listening to like a lot of podcasts in general back then or else something like this would have been perfect. <laughs> just like two people talking about their ADHD would have been amazing. But yeah, like lots of Reddit and message boards and just watching people like asking questions about it and then seeing all these different perspectives on it, I think was probably the most helpful thing for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no the Reddit board is great. Mm-hmm. And I I love TikTok as well.
1: Ooh, I'm afraid of TikTok. You're brave. well I was just gonna <laughs> I know I was just
0: gonna say like I deleted TikTok off my phone and swore off of it because I saw <laughs> I, it was like heroin. I was like, nope, no, no <laughs> yeah, it's not it's I like I can
1: it. see, yeah, this is not gonna end well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <This> is, exactly. <laughs> but then I had heard so many people talking about how it was this really great informative community. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, let me check it out. And Mm -hmm. and, and now I'm at the point now where I'm like, yeah, I need to delete this off my phone again. Oh no, (laughs) it's too good. It's too much. Oh, you know, and then you get every once in a while you get, you get hit with a video. That's like, put your phone away. You've been on TikTok (laughs) too long. And I'm like, God, it's so meta. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, but it, it is, I think it is for somebody, if somebody is still kind of in the research phase, I think it's definitely helpful. There's a really great
1: community yeah. there
0: because there's a such, I think it's so important with ADHD to, you know, once you get past the, oh my God, I've seen, mm-hmm. I think it's so important to just have a sense of humor about it and to then oh, sort yes. of realize like, this is actually the best thing that's ever happened to me. And you know like this is why i'm so great you know yes. I, I, I remember saying this before where i was you know i felt like for a long time my life was this sort of overarching narrative of failure and every once in a mm. while i would have these momentary you know uh, momentary like detours of non-failure where i would get things done <laughs> Yes, but in general, I looked at myself in this overarching sense of failure, and now it's like, oh my goodness, I'm completely rewriting how I look at myself and and how I view my own productivity, and and it's been
1: better than any SSRI, I can tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and that's really it. It's just like changing the way you tell yourself that story, because you know, when things when things happen, they just happen. It's just like basically neutral things happening in the world. And then it's like, we decide how to, you know, think and feel about those things. So yeah, being able to approach that with a sense of humor and fun and curiosity, like it can't be amazing all of the time, but when you can have that outlook more often than not, it makes it so much easier to just, yeah, not take it all so seriously and to not make make it feel like such a big problem. And instead, yeah, it's this really cool thing that like, oh, hey, I've got this awesome brain that does weird things that really come in handy. And yeah, I'm all about it.
0: Right. You're like, and look at me now. I'm surfing. (laughs)
1: Exactly. I'm a pro surfer. This wave is 50 feet tall and I'm fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we've talked a lot about your coaching, but let's talk details. How can, how can clients find you? How can they work with you?
1: Yes. So... You can find me. Um, my website is adasool.com. dot um, I would spell it out, but I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or something. It will, yes. Okay. Although
0: it's funny because when you see your name without a space, yeah, my brain goes to a days well, and then I'm like, <laughs>
1: what is that? A lot of
0: time you're like that's an interesting URL for her to. Do. <laughs>
1: that's hilarious no I do this I do the same thing all the time like especially like if something's in all caps I'm like I can't tell which word I'm supposed to stop at here but (laughs) but yeah I'm at adasool.com um from there if you are curious about working with me you can get on my email list or you can just go right to getting on a call with me um I'm happy to talk to people who just, yeah, creatives and entrepreneurs who feel like they're struggling when it comes to making really great progress on their projects. And yeah, I would love to help you see that it doesn't have to be such a struggle. It can be kind of fun and interesting, even though it's challenging. So yeah, adasool.com and yeah. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Coach Ada Sewell on Instagram. I believe Coach Ada Sewell. Yes, I will have yes. a link to that. I highly recommend you go
0: and watch some of her watch some of Ada's short videos. Uh, they're very ADHD friendly, but um, <laughs> they're fantastic and and very relatable.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, try to definitely keep it like digestible. <laughs> Um, I, well,
0: I feel like you have been coaching me today. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Likewise. This has been amazing. I, I know I always love talking with other coaches because I feel like we just get to learn from each other and then audience hopefully benefits too. And yeah, big knowledge party.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and why I sort of why I started this, because I learn so much from talking one-on-one with other women, especially, you know, mm-hmm. bright, interesting entrepreneurs. And it's been so just magical learning all of this stuff and meeting all of these women. And so I'm yes. really having fun with it. And
1: I'm so glad. And I'm so glad you're doing this because it's it's been an amazing resource already, just like in the short time that you've been doing it and I i am so excited to see where it goes for you and Aww. yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you started this. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I said,
0: I, I, I'm still struggling with the lack of immediate feedback
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you know, I had that sense of like, okay, I launched my podcast. Why don't I have
1: 100,000 <laughs> exactly. followers yet? Where are the millions of people? I don't understand. <laughs> uh,
0: so it has been very much a lesson in like, just keep your head down
1: and keep doing what
0: you love doing and exactly. good things will come out of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just as long as you're figuring out ways to have fun with the process, I feel like that's the most important part and the rest will totally work itself out.
0: There you have it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the women and ADHD podcast. Also, as you know, we ADHDers crave feedback and I would really appreciate hearing from you, the listener. Please take a moment to leave me a review over on my website, womenandadhd.com or on Apple podcasts or audible or whatever other platform you're using. And if that feels like too much and I get it, then just take a few seconds to give me a five-star rating, boom, done, or share this episode on your own social media to help reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this neurodivergent superpower and they may be struggling and they don't even know why. Make sure to tag me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at womenandadhd. If you are a woman who was diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood and you'd like to be interviewed as a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me. My email is women and ADHD podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about me, head over to worthitwithkatie.com. That's where I help other women with ADHD break free from the yo-yo dieting and binge eating cycle for good. I'll see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who has recently discovered that she is not lazy or crazy, but she has ADHD. And now she's on the path to understanding that neurodivergence and finally using it to her advantage. Take care till then.